am your such a nightmare co-host, Catherine Troyer, and I'm delighted as always to be joined by Anthony Tresca. This is Eerie Extra, which is basically where we put all the stuff that we can't fit in anywhere else. Yes, 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 yes. And today we are so excited to be talking about the newest horror release, 2021's Army of the Dead. Yay, how exciting. Um, and it was exciting, right? So I was a little... It was. Because, you know, after our experience with Spiral, which was just fine. Um, you know, I was anticipating another uh, just fine experience, but this time one that was like two and a half hours. Yeah. But it was it was rather delightful. I, I agree. I agree. I, I, you know, Zack Snyder is a real mixed bag. He, I, I never know what I'm going to get when I go into a Zack Snyder film because sometimes I'm like really into his weird vision that he clearly has and other times I just am like I I just don't connect with it at all. So I really had no idea uh, yeah. how this one was gonna affect but you know me. What? You actually uh, hit the nail on the head though, right? So you may not know exactly what you're gonna get but you do know it's gonna be a very clear Zack Snyder vision, right? Oh yeah. You do know it's gonna be stylized and it's gonna be, um, there's gonna be a lot of attention to sound and there's gonna be a lot of attention to the visuals. You just don't know if it's gonna be something that that given day, that given project you're gonna be down for. Yeah, and it, and I think for the most part, I was in to this version of Zack Snyder. It was just so much. There was so much going on always. The stakes were always high. Yes. I felt like, honestly, there were some scenes, like, with, like, the group scenes that they had where they were just talking that had higher stakes than some of the scenes with, like, the alpha zombies that oh, they absolutely. had running around. Absolutely. Which is always a good thing in a horror movie when you're like, oh, the scenes with the humans are scarier than the yeah. scenes with the zombies. And, you know, this is something that he's held consistently for us, right? Because he also did Dawn, the Dawn of the Dead remake. And yes. a lot of people are very critical of that film because it wasn't the the Romero film. Um, but, you know, in this one case, I can see them as two separate beautiful creatures. Mm-hmm. And in, in Snyder's Dawn of the Dead as well, he has a really lovely ensemble cast. Right? Yeah. He does well, he does well, which a lot of directors don't, with putting a lot of characters together in the same room and still feeling like you walk out knowing the characters pretty well. Yeah, I, I was very impressed by just the wide variety of like character actors and like performers that we Zack Snyder was able to assemble and I was also really kind of happy that I didn't recognize most of them yeah it was a lot of like talent that I had not been previously exposed to and so it was really exciting to see a lot of them like really knock it out of the park yeah it's interesting when when Dave Bautista is your biggest um sort of biggest star in many respects mm-hmm. he's best known for playing a backup character in other franchises yeah like galaxy um like guardians of the galaxy um that's a really bold move but i thought he pulled it off really well and one of the things that he managed to accomplish in the process of not going with the big name actors is wonder of wonders we actually got a diverse cast and it yeah. didn't feel forced and it didn't feel woke it was just like hey this represents what the world actually looks like um, and that was so refreshing because it was never, ever this, like, point that Snyder was trying to make. It was just how the film was. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. It was really fun to see this kind of just, like, 
unexplained, diverse cast that was just all so competent. I, one of the things I love about, like, having this movie be a heist movie inside a zombie movie is that you got all of these really highly skilled individuals at the top of their field getting to fight and do this thing. And yes. it was it's so fun because it leads to really specific and interesting characters. And Zack Snyder does a lot of really, like, I mean, sometimes it's so obvious it hurts, but planting, and then he delivers on it later in the <laughs> film. And some, I mean, sometimes it is painfully obvious what is going to happen later on and how the skill is going to be. Do you have a specific example uh, that I mean, was felt painful to you? I mean, just every single time that uh, the safe cracker would just was like talking about anything, you're just like, I see what you're you're like gonna have to learn your lesson and you'll make some sacrifice later on you'll have to rise above your station that was clearly what they were establishing because yeah. and you got to see that journey and it, but we also even got though, to see the bromance and that was oh really my adorable. god yeah i mean it was a bit was it just a bromance or did it feel know. a little queer coded to anybody out there <laughs> i don't know but that is very funny i did really like that character though the the uh, dave cracker dietary mm -hmm. yeah yeah in part because you know, one of my favorite things, and, and I must not be alone in this because films keep giving this to us, but like, I love in heist movies when they do the like, here's how it's gonna work out. Mm -hmm. And they do that, and you know, Shaun of the Dead, of course, has that famous parody scene where like, it doesn't work out, and so they're like, even in their head, and they're like, okay, new plan. Um, And I loved the fact that in, in Army of the Dead, you know, our safe cracker was like, wait a minute, but how do we destroy them? You know, and there was right. kind of like gentle interrupting. Because let's face it, um. Snyder took two very beloved uh, genre forms, right? Zombies and, and heist films. And he managed to make it be both of those films. And more importantly, as you said, he managed to find if we, this is real nerdy, if we Venn diagram it, right? Heist films and zombie films. He found that sweet spot in between. And he said, this is actually what these two genres have in common. This is why this film deserves to be made. And then as you watch it, you're like, oh, you're so very right, dear sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think let's just kind of, like, jump into the film yeah. itself. I mean, we've kind of talked that we like it generally, but I know that both of us have some problems with it. And But I think there's no better place to start with this film than right at the beginning because it tells you exactly what kind of film it's going to yes. be from the opening two scenes. Yes. So you and I have talked about uh, the fact that we're not usually big fans of, like, multiple equivalents of cold openings um, yeah. because oftentimes it doesn't seem to even establish the tone or the mood um, but this these two cold openings together told you everything you needed to know about this film mm -hmm. let you know that this was going to be um, an action-packed very very gory um, sort of not your traditional like grandpa zombies mm -hmm. um, and then it was also going to be this this wonderful like meta romp right because a and I, we talked about this actually in our spiral episode um, where I said, you know, you can't have a zombie film now that is not aware of all the zombie films that have come before it. Mm -hmm. Movie um, or that like music video sequence where yeah. <laughs> credits was essentially like, you've seen this before. Let me show you how you will see this now, even to the point where we have like them doing the photo shoots, right? Like it was exactly so sharp, so tight. The music was so good. Um, it was funny. It was ev it ticked every single box of the things that I want in horror. To it was very, very. The second scene um, was very reminiscent of the opening scene from Zombieland, in yes. which the you have the the rock song playing while you have all these zombie killings and things happening around it. But I think this was 
better executed yes. and funnier than the opening from Zombieland, just because this one was so clear about the camp nature yes. and established yes. this overall uh, nature of excess that the film was going to indulge in. Yes. And it was like, we're not only going to be excessive in terms of our gory violence, which the film showed, it was like, we're also going to be uh, excessive with like the production design, the costuming, the zombies killing, and the action scenes and yeah. whatnot. And also just kind of like, this, it was like, it's going to be a little silly too, because it starts with that guy playing on a silly ditty yes. on the piano yes. while all the Vegas girls then break in and kill all yes. of everyone who's trying to have sex with them, all these creepy people. And so what it did, which was a really like profoundly clever move, is it told us, you're going to see a lot of things you've seen before. But mm -hmm. we know that you've seen them before. That's where the joke is, right? Or yeah. where the, the magic lies. And so, you know, I don't think you could look at a single character in this film and be like, oh, I've never seen a character like that in a heist film or a zombie film. Because these are the stock group characters, right? Oh, yeah. The tortured hero, the mm -hmm. recalcitrant daughter, the mm -hmm. love interest that you didn't quite expect to see coming because there was no chemistry, but okay, we'll go with it. Um, the, the weirdo, but like, it just like, check, check, check. Yeah. Um, but the film let you know from the beginning that that was their intention, right? That they were intentionally playing with these very familiar tropes. They, yeah, every single one of them was a character. And yes. it honestly, and all of them as a result had really kind of like simple motivations and backstories and whatnot. <laughs> but at the heart of all of them, they all felt like they were coming from a real place. And it was felt very, most of them had like a sentimental core yes. that you could tell like, Yes, they are obviously playing in characters and stereotypes, but they're taking, they're treating these people with respect and yes. giving them a lot, as a result, a lot of heart. Because, which is not something that you normally expect to have in a zombie film unless they're being ripped out and they're eating the hearts or <laughs> right. whatnot. But this film has quite a bit of heart as a result of the, the characters in here. Yeah, and I think see. it's in part because, as you said earlier, we do have character actors, right? We don't mm -hmm. have these people that are sort of, like, known for, for playing one type. We have people that, that have made a career out of out of being um, versatile and having to imbue a lot into very little dialogue or screen time. Mm -hmm. And the result was, you're absolutely correct, that I, I didn't feel like anyone was mocking these characters. Yeah. And as they were playing the stereotypical outsider who's really evil, who's going to, like, screw everyone over, he yeah. still managed, um, you know, the actor still managed to, to make that role feel convincing. Exactly. And so it was, like, all, it was fun when yes. we went around and got to, like, the see the, the, the film do this whole assembling of the yes. characters yes. that we knew was coming because yes. we, I, I mean... Because it's a heist zombie film. It's a heist. It's a heist film, which they established very early on. And I mean, I did not realize that this. I knew that the th the things that I knew about this film before watching it was that it was a Zack Snyder film mm -hmm. and it had zombies in it and Dave Bautista was the lead. I had no idea this was oh, a heist that's movie. Oh, so exciting! I so, did, but I was uh, still very excited <laughs> to see it. So when the billionaire showed up and was like, "You need to assemble a team. I got a job for you." I was just so happy because I was I have a secret love for the oh, heist genre, subgenre. Mine's not secret, I just love them. Um, it, it, they bring me so much joy. Uh, there's this excellent episode of Rick and Morty in the fourth season where they deconstruct um, heist subgenre and how simplistic and overdone it is. Hilarious, love that episode. I was, I was seeing all the tropes here and I loved them. It, yeah. they were, it was a lot of fun. It was. 
Now, I will say the one thing that the the music video intro, right, uh, which was really just the extended credits, which just had like Zack Snyder's name because he did every role, right? It was like the writer, the director, the producer. Um, Cinematographer. Yeah, yeah, just kind of like it, his name just kept popping up. But the one thing that that intro set up that I didn't get enough of, that I wanted a little bit more, um, is I did want it to feel a little bit more like we were gonna play in the the excess that is Sin City. Now I realized that, that you know, the city had been quarantined and that time mm-hmm. passed, but like, and I realized that greed was kind of in there, but I, I think I wanted more, right? I wanted more of that sort of like, um, I don't know if I needed it to go so far as like the, the Dawn of the Dead consumerism and the mall metaphor, but I mm-hmm. needed it to go a little bit further. It felt like, um, for example, having, the king of the zombies be taking up residence in Olympus, it could have been played with just a smidge more to play with this idea of like, you know, um, deus ex machina and the gods descending, like just a smidge more of that. So it really felt like we got what I was hoping we would get. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I think I definitely see that. It would have been nice maybe to have a little bit more of those like smarter moments, I, yeah. I would say is what is what the film kind of was lacking, because so much of it is so obvious, and it's not exact, it's not, again, it's nothing original, and sometimes you just wish that it would commit even harder to to things. So before we go to the the few things that that we do have um, to talk about that are criticisms of the film, there's one other thing that I think you and I both wanted to talk about as just, like, such an impressive element in terms of editing, in terms of cinematography, and that is the replacement of an entire actor after filming had ended. So do you want to talk a little bit about that, Anthony? Yeah, so Tignatora, who plays Marina Peters, which is the helicopter pilot, was actually not originally in the film. They filmed the whole thing with this other guy who I'm not even going to mention their name, no more time. We do not need to give this abuser any any more thought other than this. And they... Uh, this guy accused of sexual misconduct, uh, and so in August of 2020, they brought in Tignatora to replace them, and they inserted them into the film uh, with reshoots opposite of an acting partner and using digital composing to insert her into scenes because uh, because of COVID-19, obviously, and the safety protocols. Uh, that restricted Zack Snyder from reshooting scenes with the actual cast. So. She did all of these scenes and inserted her into the movie in basically total isolation away from the rest of the cast. And you basically can't tell. I didn't know that until after I finished the movie. And I never would have been able to know if I hadn't read about it somewhere. Yeah, so I I found out about halfway through the movie because we paused it at one point, I think, to like go get more snacks because we knew we still had like an hour and a half left Mm -hmm. um and and you know after knowing i could see some of the moves that that snyder was doing but first off nataro just does a fantastic job right i can't even imagine being in a in a film that is about the the ensemble and never meeting any of the people you're working with so so they did a phenomenal job in terms of the performance but also this goes to show the magic of things like racking focus right it doesn't always have to be the shot reverse shot to to have two people in the same room you know where you have a shot and then you switch and have a shot facing the other way and so you could switch out actors which people have done before um particularly with like de niro and um who's who is it that he has the huge rivalry with robert de niro and 
the other one. I'm so sorry. No idea. Those names I can't remember. So they've been in movies together and they refuse to act together. And so they'll they'll like do stand-in dummies and, and stand-in actors. And they'll do it through a shot, reverse shot pattern. Um, but in this film, we have racking focus, right? So mm-hmm. have it be... Um, and what racking focus is, for those of you that just didn't get real nerdy um, <laughs> time, uh, it means that, that what will happen is is what's in the foreground will be in focus and what's in the background will be blurry. And then they'll they'll switch it so that it slowly shifts so that what's in focus is, is what's ever in the background instead of what's ever in the foreground. Um, and so Snyder just did things like that, uh, as well as, you know, all of these sort of computer CGI type things to do it. And it just the result is... is about as flawless as one can get. And that's yeah. incredible. I mean, and you kind of, what is super impressive is they do so much with that performance of the character of Peters that yes. I really can't even imagine how how you would do it a different way. They were so, they were one of my favorite characters in the I mean, entire film. Yeah, so the first off, so funny, but also they're one of the remaining characters. I mean, they make it until the very end of the film, right? It's, yeah. it's one of the first people that died or it's not like it's someone that didn't interact hardly at all. Right? I mean, that character is pivotal and that performance just delivers so well. Um, and so that was just so yeah. impressive. But it is unfortunately time, I think, to talk about um, some of the, the things that where this film didn't quite hit the mark for both of us. Because I think yeah. we have a couple of items on our list. Yeah, so I think the absolute worst part about this film, the part where I'm like, okay, so that is one particular area of excess that we could have done without is the entire B plot with Kate Ward going to rescue Gita from the zombies because she is a a refugee and a single mother and wants to get her back. And the execution of that B plot is so sloppy and so lazy that I think it does drag down a lot of the movie. It was infuriating. Shifts shifts focus. Yeah. Yeah. As someone who answers to the name of Kate, it it just made me so angry on behalf of all the Kates out there. Because first off, it was an obnoxious character, right? Um, You know, that character was too old to be behaving that immaturely in a post-zombie apocalypse, right? It's one thing if you're like having growing pains because, you know, the biggest thing you've ever had to deal with is whether or not you'll get a new purse that you wanted or whether or not you'll get the pony you wanted. But that's not what this film was. She watched her mom get killed. She's she's a, a volunteer at a refugee site. She's She understands mm-hmm. intimately how devastating this world is. And yet she's just like, I'm sorry, you just didn't do what I wanted. And so I decided to be angry. Um, and it just, it was so frustrating because it didn't make sense with what a post zombie apocalypse volunteer like intimately in the no character should have done and then we even get into the part where like what happened to Gita you know yeah you're gonna show us that everyone dies because this this woman has decided to be disrespectful to the crew the least you could do is tell me that it was worth it because Gita makes it through at the end or make a or at least just like show us what happens yeah. to them or show I mean, us they that don't she have dies to... yeah. yeah and then have they don't a have scene to live. <laughs> yes, and then I would have been okay if they would have showed us that Gita died, and then we see Kate with the refugee children because now she's had to grow up and become a mother-ish person, right? Like, I would have been yeah. okay with that too, but, like, there were no consequences for her actions, and the fact that the, that Dave Bautista's character was like, it's okay, you were just really upset. No, we don't condone this. <laughs> we don't condone it. Yeah, I mean, her behavior is super reckless. I guess I can kind of get it, like, 
this is a character who's clearly traumatized yeah. and has like some like is exhibiting clear symptoms of trauma and PTSD. And so I'm like, maybe I cut them a little bit of slack. Nope. But at the end of the day, they also do recklessly endanger everyone in there and lead to more deaths than needed to happen. So, I mean, I am kind of like, come on, Kate. You were, so yeah. you were part of it, both a super frustrating plot to watch as well as a plot that didn't go anywhere because, I mean, they just... Mm -hmm. It would they would cut away to it and it just seemed to pull focus and they never really figured out why it was there and yeah. as a result they don't even can properly conclude it in the end and we don't even and, get to see what happens which is so frustrating and perhaps I would have been more forgiving of that if if except for two things one the movie is two and a half hours so there's definitely room to do things yeah. Two, there were things that could have been and should have been done. So the first thing is, I didn't mind it being two and a half hours. I No. But we do again begin to run into the problem that who's going to be that person that goes up to Zack Snyder and says, you know, sir, maybe you could edit this just a little. Right? Like, it's the same person who gets to go up to Stephen King and J.K. Rowling and Jordan Peele. Yeah. It's the person who doesn't exist. Um, but I wish someone had come up to him and said, hey what if we scratched the Kate line, this B plot that isn't quite doing things and instead um, did more with the, the zombies, right? Like the, yeah. the army of the dead. But I didn't really feel like there was any battle or war. I mean, yeah, we had a guy and we had once again, Snyder seems a little obsessed, obsessed with zombie babies. Um, Cause he had I mean, Dawn of the yeah. Dead too. But that like was we, the whole, he, that was actually the whole reason for the development of this project <laughs> is he wanted to explain why there would be zombie babies. And so, so then, yeah, so then you need to like, you need to develop that further, right? Because if it's called Army of the Dead instead of what it probably should have been called, which was City of the Dead, by the way, um, if it's gonna be called Army of the Dead, then we need to see this battle between the humans and the zombies. Instead it was, you know, the head uber zombie charged in, kind of wiped some of them out and then got defeated. But there was the stakes with the zombies were, like you said earlier, the lowest stakes of the film. And that was unfortunate because that, yeah. he set us up for some really fascinating zombie things. And that would have been, if we have a heist in, let's have a heist out. Let's see them plan how they're going to escape the city. That would have been really exciting. Yeah, see, that is that is the big, that is the problem with the film, is that it works much better as a heist film than it does as a zombie film, yeah. which means that the human characters come out looking really good. A lot of the, like, performers, and, like, when they die at the hands of the zombies, you feel really bad. Like, yeah. I, I was emotionally affected several times, like, when, like, when Dieter sacrificed themselves to save yes. uh, Vanderhole, I was like, oh my gosh, I yeah. can't believe that this joke character is making me sad that they're sacrificing themselves. Yeah. That is yeah. that is rare that that happens. I liked Dave Bautista's Scott Ward, and I was like, yes. I, I, kind, I know you're not going to make it out. Because, I know, because that's I mean, what this is. It's a yeah. redemption story, and so he has to die, obviously, in order to be redeemed. That was, <sighs> the, that was the only way out. That yeah. was the only way he yeah. could save his relationship with his daughter was to die and, like, whatever. Yeah, I saw it coming, but I still liked it, and it was still yes. good. However, yes. because it works better in, as a heist film and with these characters, all this, the C-plot with the zombies was kind of, it, it felt like a C-plot. Yeah, it should have been, <laughs> it should have either, it should have at least been equal, if not a strong, strong B-plot. Yes, yes. Yeah, in a zombie film, zombies should never be C, right? Like, that just yeah. makes sense. Now, the good news is, is that there is some hope um, for how this might get developed further because there are some 
unexpected um, projects of the works that are, are related very explicitly to Army of the Dead. Um, tell us about them, Anthony. So the actor who plays Ludwig Dieter, whose name I'm not going to attempt to pronounce because it is quite difficult, and I did not look it up beforehand, but they are going to be directing a film that focuses on their character uh, called Army of Thieves that is set Mm. during the early stages of the zombie outbreak, and so this one is also going to be released on Netflix, Uh, and it actually, it says it's going to be released in 2021 so it is coming soon that's exciting yeah so that is project number one uh and then project number two is a spin-off anime style television show (laughs) based on army of the dead which is also going to be on netflix and it similarly revolves around the early phases of the zombie outbreak in las vegas and is centering on um Dave Batista's character's origins, as well as how he and his comrades' rescue efforts saved mankind. So that is delightfully yeah. weird, and I, I'm very, very excited to see it. I also feel like, of course, the ending, um, which I know some people felt should have been like a post-credits ending, where we realized that, uh, you know, our gentleman who was in the uh, Vanderhol, a yeah, good, Vanderhol a great was, character, yeah, a that great he, character. you know, has been bitten. Um, so we have fodder there too. So I think you know, there's there's a lot of rich material to pull out. And I will say, I'm not usually a big fan of adult com um, comics or cartoons. I, I, it's not because I don't believe in them. It's just because I can't seem to get into them. Mm-hmm. I will have to get into this. I'm very excited to see what an anime style zombie film in the Night of the Living Dead franchise is going to do for us. Yeah, yeah, I mean it does seem to be about the thing that you said you wished this movie was exactly. more about, which is exactly. like the douchebackery that occurred in yes. LA during the end times. Yes. So that is certainly interesting. I'm not sure how I feel about this movie, the other movie, The Army of Thieves I think, though. So it's I, probably going to be bad, but I'm delighted for it right now because I love that character. I love that character. And you know, as you're watching the film, you can't help but ask yourself, like, how did they stay alive, right? Like, how did they make it out? And so I would really be interested in seeing it if it's done. I think it should be done as this almost, like, comedy of errors, right? Where it's, it's like, Mr. Magoo style. Mm-hmm. Like, accidentally avoids the zombies the whole time. I think that would be um, a fantastic, probably not what's going to happen, but a fantastic film where he just accidentally... Yeah. Zombies are coming left and he just decides to pick up a penny and so he turns right you know like i, I want it to be that style of a uh, film although, although we'll it is uh it is a little it will make i think this the events of this film and this character's arc less significant just kind of because a huge part of what happened in this movie with ludwig the character was kind of that this was their first time out and that yeah. was their kind of whole arc and whatnot that's true that's so, true I am like how would the how in what way will this new prequel film focusing on this character not undermine this the character's arc in this, this is true. film that will be chronologically occurring after but it was technically released first. This is true. Well the good news is is that we will be here to watch those films That's with you. Very true. Um, and very true. to to share our thoughts and our insights the moment that we can watch them will be as soon as humanly possible. Um in the meantime, of course, uh, Anthony, tell them what they should do. Well, first of all, I know a lot of you out there have, prob- have seen this film because it is the number one film on Netflix this opening weekend. So uh, I know you've 
seen it, uh, if you're watching this video all the way to the end, and you definitely have seen it, so let us know what you thought down below in the comments, please, whether you loved it or hated it, uh, let us know what you think, do you disagree with us, uh, we'd love to hear it, we encourage a healthy conversation down in the towel section below. And of course you can always uh, connect with us on social media, our information is on both our YouTube channel page as well as our podcast page, depending on how you're listening to this particular episode. Uh, and yeah, in the meantime, just have a, say it, Anthony. Spooktacular day. Thanks Excellent. for listening. Thank you so much.